Welcome to the Strong Man Say Podcast, another episode. Uh, last week's was pretty long, so we'll keep this one pretty short and sweet, especially because there is less going on in the world of Strongman Australia. We had Battle on the Bay here at Strong Geelong over the weekend, which was fun. Ran well? Yep. Yep. It always runs well. We try to. Yeah. <laughs> tried to lead by example. Um, no, it was great. Once Fingle Fingers was done, <laughs> that terrified me. So me too. I think it would no matter who What do you mean, it. bro? It's my insurance. <laughs> it's, my, it's my head on a platter. Yeah, we make the events and, and the I'm like, oh, that'll look really cool. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, oh God, no, they're going to die. That happens so much. Like even like the kegs and stuff like that. It's like the keg was fine. But we literally, instead of going, cool, what do we have? What's easier to run in the gym? We went like, okay, finger fingers are sick. Let's do something yep. different. Let's do like a keg press medley or something. And I was like, wow, we don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Realised three weeks so out. So Friday night, Lee and I here filling up yeah. fucking kegs, trying to get everything ready. <laughs> Even the sandbag. Yeah, the sandbag. Where's yeah. the 80 kilo sandbag? Oh, it's broken. It's bro- yeah. Oh, we need that. And we oh, we tried. We yeah. tried to buy some from Cerberus and anywhere we could and they just didn't have them in stock. So yeah. it's like, hey, Mason, hey, Paul, can we just steal all your shit for this comp? Thank you, Paul yeah. and uh, Mason, for coming through with the goods. Um, but 45 competitors, what, five hours or something like that? Nine yeah. till, oh, six hours, nine till three. But Yeah, and not many head-to-heads. No, well, barely so any like head-to-heads. Very quick still. Yeah, still really quick. And a great day. Like, they look good. It's great. Um, yeah. It was fun. For that level of comp, having yeah. events that are random... Yeah, stresses people out, but at the same time, you don't have to be that strong. No, um, that's what I think. Which is great for that level of a comp. It's not a heavy log. It's not a heavy deadlift. It's not um, because strongman is so often. It's hard to get into, or harder in some ways to get into, because powerlifting you can just choose your weights. Yep. You can just go for your first nine for nine and kind of like undershoot a little bit. With strongman, this is the weight. You're either at the standard or you're not. Yep. Right. But a comp like that, it's kind of arbitrary. So I said to a lot of people, I was like, you don't, I mean, we'll train for it. But if you're coming into this competition and you're not sure about loads and stuff like that, honestly, or you're like, you're not super technical. Like I had uh, yep. one of my clients who literally came from a commercial gym eight weeks ago. I was like, no, you can jump in this, man. It's yeah. not technical. You don't have to learn how to clean and press a log. You just need to throw up a single finger over and hold a frame and grab Plus a sandbag and run. It's even because nobody had the finger finger. Yeah. <laughs> and most people have never trained yeah. on one. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So even people that have done a lot of strongman comps don't have an advantage. No, um, which is good. So or that you was, have a keg. Yeah, a keg. So that was super fun. That was enjoyable. And um, I'm both equally stoked that we did it and equally stoked that it's done. <laughs> and then on to Winterfest I know, yeah, 100%, which would be good In Winterfest is like a short, sweet day There's only two weight classes It's not like in a federation So, yep. And we make it so it's an event uh, And it's supposed to be fun Like if you can do the loads in the heavy class Do the loads in the heavy class or Like the full sturker or whatever it is yep. And then the half sturker is like, yep, have fun If you can do those loads, have fun It's not like a novice and a free-for-all And all that sort of stuff It's like, cool Whatever you kind of at, come and have fun. Yep. It's competition. There's no weight classes. So, yeah, you might be against a guy 140, but it's just about having a crack at and doing it versus, like, being a weight class competition and being in that head zone all the time. Well, it's supposed to be Viking tradition. Yeah. when you're Winter going fest. out there, motherfucker, there weren't weight classes yeah. out in the fucking field, you know? Is If you want to be... <laughs> 
You want to be a full man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lift the big rock. Here's an axe. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> 140 kilo Viking. I'm an 80 kilo Viking. Too bad. Yeah. Dead or alive, you know. If you die on the heavier end, yeah. you will be respected. Yeah. You'll go to Valhalla. <laughs> yeah. And if you absolutely crush the lighter end, yeah. everyone will sort of. Yeah. 100%. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did half the job. Yeah. No, you'll, if, you had fun, <laughs> if you had fun, it's perfect. If that's where you're at. Yeah. Fantastic. But if you kill yourself doing uh, Berserker. We'll Yoke, applaud your Yoke press. Yeah, you'll go to Valhalla. Yoke press. Yeah, that's, once again. <laughs> that doesn't stress me out to watch, though. No. Oh, when it hits the floor and bounces back and, like, you think people are going to lose their teeth. Nah, because the anchor ones. Oh, it doesn't swing back quite as bad. Well, if you drop it forward, it doesn't kick back. Yeah. But it actually swings so much worse. Yes. So, yeah. for anyone that's hasn't done that and is doing a yoke press, because it's weighted flat, yeah. the yoke doesn't do this much. Yeah. Those anchors, because all the weight yeah. is straight through the middle, mm. it's like a very long cambered bar. Yeah. It's so much worse. Oh, cambered bar's a good one, Because we did it for round one. Yeah. And there was like three oh, of us yeah. that got a rep in the 105s and everybody else nearly butchered themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Declan like flew back and almost took out Paul. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So that was meant to be in Arnold's 2020. Yeah. And I think now looking at it and how hard that was. That was 130. Yeah, I think that would have screwed up. Yeah, so many people across so many weight classes. Most definitely. Uh, speaking of Arnold's 2020, uh, probably like one of the first topics. We were sort of talking about this the other day. The golden era in sports. And now, before we sort of get into like golden era, strongman, and obviously, and we'll talk about the bias thing. Um, what do you reckon like the golden, for you, and I'll go through mine, but like what do you reckon your golden eras for like bodybuilding, powerlifting and this came up because we were talking about west side versus the world right? yeah bodybuilding powerlifting crossfit and like strongman in general what do we start with Body- Starting bodybuilding i'd have to go the pumping iron era <laughs> i just think that was you watch that video if you watch something from an era yeah and you just want Iconic. to be there and you yeah. want to do it and you want to be alive yeah. in that time that's a golden era yeah and i see that and i'm like they were sleeping out of their cars, but they were just going to the gym and training. They were on the beach every day. Gold, California, yeah. Muscle Beach. Yep. Yeah. And you can go to that gym now, yes. but it's not the same gym. No, of course not. It's a completely different vibe. Yeah. I so agree. I think that time for bodybuilding was mm-hmm. just, that kicked off everything. Yeah. That's, if I watch a bodybuilding video or documentary, I watch that movie. Yeah. And it probably right in saying it kicked off everything. Yeah. Like, yes, golden era. Uh, but it also just kicked everything off. Like it yep. escalated physical culture and bodybuilding culture yep. exponentially with those big uh, personalities, Franco Colombo and like the Arnolds and the Tom yep. Platts and the 20 rep squats. Yeah, the Tom the, Platts was like the uh, 80s, I think, that yeah, just followed just it. Like but it was the same mentality yeah. of yep. like, I'm just going to hop under a bar. And it was the same diet. group. I mean, if you watch Pumping Iron and stuff, they were kind of, they were in the same gym. They were yep. doing the same thing. It was just kind of like a transition period from the first to the second. But they were also somewhat like friends and they yes, would hang they out. All. Yeah, they were friends. Rivals. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It wasn't Phil Heath over training in this state yep. and then so-and-so's training over here. Like, and they were all different and they were all against each other in different countries. Interesting point, right? Because that is a really good point. And you think about West Side versus the world and stuff like that. Gyms create a mecca or somewhere that people come to because they want to or used to because there wasn't a lot of options. Yep. 
come to because they wanted to ch- achieve a goal or that was their dream. Yeah. Right? So if you wanted to be a bodybuilder, where would you move to? Yeah, go straight then, to goals. And then suddenly you're all training together and suddenly there's like this mecca of bodybuilding and then you have this golden era because all the guys are hitting the beach, tanning, then going to the gym for two hours, yep. fucking getting a pump and then whatever else, right? And then West Side versus the world, probably very similar. If you wanted to be a fucking powerlifter back then and like powerlifting was powerlifting, like equipped powerlifting, yep. where would you go? Yeah. If you wanted to make it. If, if you, you wanted could to be, get in there. If you could get in. If you could go yeah. there with a chance of getting in. Yeah. Where would you go to be a powerlifter? Fucking West Side. Where else? Except they didn't look like they were friends. <laughs> didn't sound like they were friends. No. I watched <laughs> it the other day and I'm just like, if it wasn't for lifting, they would all be in jail. <laughs> and some yeah. of them just came out. Yeah. 100%. And ended up back in. Yes. But I'm like, they just wanted to kill each other. Yeah. Bad people. Violent men. Great at lifting weights. Violent men doing Strong. violent things with a yeah. barbell. <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> and, and outside of a barbell. Therapy. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you got bodybuilding, powerlifting. So have to be that West Side yep. era. That's the only thing in powerlifting start to finish that I look at. Mm. Okay, maybe I'll do powerlifting. <laughs> maybe I could be a powerlifter. <laughs> Did have the suit on the other day. Yeah. Had the suit I on. I could put it. a hoodie over the top, yeah. like pull this up. Yeah. Have it over my eyes. Yeah. Love so. it. I think, um, I think... Definitely, like, I was talking about this the other day and I think it's worth mentioning. If you're a powerlifter and you haven't heard of Westside slash haven't looked into, like, Westside Gym, yeah, right? And if you're an Australian powerlifter and you don't know, like, Slaughterhouse Gym as well, yep. like, the OG Slaughterhouse Gym in Hobart, like, Wayne Pahalit, like, that that was Australia's Westside. Yeah. Like, when you're looking at, like, OG gyms or, like, the gyms that kick-started off – you really have like Westside for powerlifting. If you don't know your roots, like you're probably just some fucking TikTok powerlifter who's going <laughs> to the sport and like yeah. likes the guy with the biggest following, right? Like Westside was powerlifting and it's where the whole sport kind of like really started to pick up steam, I think. Yeah. Um, along with a, others, but. Powerlifting's a weird sport where like if you're in a different federation to somebody else, yeah. you almost treat it like it's a different sport. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like everybody in GPC is like, I don't follow anything from like yeah. IPF. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because they're squatting sleeves, but I don't know what it's like. It's like you're doing the same sport. Yeah. How do you not at yeah. least have some like you keep track of it or you can like you think about IPF, like that was Ed Cohen once upon a time. That was all the best. Yeah. Everyone competed in IPF. Yeah. And then they froze the records and realized that everyone was taking drugs. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> even when I realized that powerlifting grew into equipped and then went off yeah. into raw. When I yeah, first yeah. learned that, I was just like like, I was just like, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. I thought it went raw the whole way through. That was popular. And then, and then people put on suits and, like, yeah. branched off. Yeah. And I like, guess it becomes more popular and has become more popular now just because it's so much more accessible. Yeah. Right? Not everyone wants to jump in a suit. There's some other benefits that come along with, like, raw powerlifting as well, which you probably yep. don't get from, like, being equipped lifting. But, like, t- the time. Do you know what I mean? The money. Yeah. But, like, the time and how many people you need to do equipped powerlifting and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, there's a certain mentality with it as well. Watching that West Side where someone's like, I don't care what I can squat raw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put on everything yeah, and I want to lift cut from the, the biggest weight. number yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all I care. I don't want a biggest raw squat. I just want the biggest yeah. squat. Yeah. <laughs> These raw motherfuckers. <laughs> Smack their head against the wall. Shoot 360 squat. <laughs> you know who'd fit in with that day? Evan Singleton. Yeah. 
<laughs> the way he trains and like headbutts walls before his lifts. He'd be a Westside yeah, lifter. For sure. Uh, CrossFit. I know it hasn't been around uh, for as long, but like I think there's still probably, now that we've seen some changes through CrossFit and stuff, there's probably some definite. I think like that Rich Froning yeah. era. Yeah, I agree. Like the, fir- like the first couple of years that he won. Um, but I think also he was somebody that didn't come out hot, didn't win at the start. But yep. brought it back in the end, so it was always exciting. Yeah. And it was the person that was eating pizza, not necessarily doing paleo. And I think also if you follow CrossFit or if you don't even follow CrossFit, that was like the time or period in time when CrossFit gyms were the biggest. Yeah. They were the most competitive. Yeah. And everyone fucking wanted it. But like, and Rich Froning was the fucking guy. Yeah. And for so long as well. Like, then you got Matt Fraser and stuff like that, who I think definitely as well. But mm. I don't know, when I, like I look at CrossFit, I think Rich Froning era. Yeah. Because like, every, everyone fucking knew him. It was a similar mentality of like a whole bunch of guys and like the women would be around and they would train together. Yeah. And then they'd go shoot shit. Yeah. And they'd go block because it's just full American. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they have on, guns, the they only, shoot stuff. Beyond the CrossFit stuff. ranch, like yep. Dave Castro's CrossFit ranch and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, very cool. Whereas um, now like, I don't know, CrossFit's, I was watching the most recent qualifier, like the semifinals. Yeah. And most of the men are now out injured. Yeah. Because they've got this ring complex with like muscle ups, toes to bar, all in one. And they're yep. wearing like a heavy ruck off the back of them. Yeah, okay. And they're all just like blowing their shoulders like out or blowing their pec or something yep. like that. And then if you can't do it, you need to show that you're trying. So like if you're in that heat and you can't physically do it, you can't just stand there and run the clock out. Because technically you've given up and you'll be disqualified. So you have to show reasonable attempt that you're trying to finish the workout. Ah. So some people were jumping up like half having a go, resting for like five minutes, just running the clock. Yeah, okay. Um, And then later on, the judges and everything came back and said, after we watched the video, you weren't showing reasonable effort, so you're out. So they kicked two guys out. (laughs) So heaps of people are blowing up at the moment going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a weird spot for CrossFit. They used to the do it with the swim, the yeah. ocean swim. Yeah. And some people would get in and just like doggy paddle and wade because yeah. they're like, I, I can't swim. Yeah. So they would just see out the 40 minutes and then be like, okay, event's done. Uh, I'll start my weekend. Fun. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's like real divided at the moment. Dave yeah. Castro doesn't do anything of the programming or the games anymore. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah it's a weird spot for CrossFit at the moment. Yeah. Well, it has been for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Strongman. I think early 2000s. Yeah? Like Mike Jenkins, when Thor sort of came in, like Z versus Brian yep. Shaw. Yeah, I agree. That was I think it got standardised enough to where the lifts were just really impressive. Yeah. Whereas like the John Powell day and stuff was fun, but they were arm wrestling. Yeah. And they were pushing beach balls and doing tug of war and they were doing like that, um, they were shoveling coal into that thing. And From a strength it. perspective. Yeah. Definitely, like, the strongest or the best competition that we've had is, like, the Brian Shaw BZ yep. at their prime. And they were just built different then, too. Yeah, like I was... a very different frame. I was about to say, because we, we've talked good. about this with the nutrition thing, yep. um, where, like, there was this, like, uh, rena- like just this transition period where everyone got probably, like, too lean and really focused on, like, being yep. athletic, probably to suit World's Strongest Man events. But there was a period where, like, Big Z and Brian Shaw were fucking monsters. Yeah. And they were really fucking strong. But then you had Pujanowski, 
Yeah. And then you had Derek Poundstone. Yeah. And then you had Mike Jenkins, uh, Batatas Lyle. Like, everybody Lyles, yeah. in those old school, like, old 90s, early 2000s shirts. Tape up shirts. The tape shirts. Everybody was, like, so wide <laughs> yeah. and thick. And doubts. And, and like kind of lean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very different build. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Big Z was never that lean in his peak. No. He was a he, boy. He's always an exception. Yeah. To everything. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it was like drug choice back then as yeah, well. Maybe. What, for like a big Z or for the other all guys? Yeah. All of them. Just the general shape, build, size. They were kind of like sort of lean, but sort of like watery. Yeah. Like you could see they were like puffy in the like face. Thick. They were just yeah. thick, thick, big. Yeah, very thick. Whereas now you look at Novikov, Mitch Hooper, like you look at all those guys. They're much smaller and much, much more athletic. Yeah. very. But even builds. through the face and stuff and through the neck and like they don't look like Big, yeah. puffy, thick. Yeah, like big, no one solid. Does. Like Derek Poundstone, his peak was like. Yeah, that, I remember no seeing. Neck. I remember seeing Derek Poundstone. Like the first time I saw him was that really typical. Watch me, just like fanboy here, but like that really, <laughs> like it goes around a fair in his bit. commercial gym. And nah, in his blue fucking rebands at a comp. Yeah. like his shorts, like the blue reband shorts, yeah. and he's just a fucking monster. He's just like. He's not pretty boy, lean, whatever. And I was like, I want to look like that. Yep. I was like, uh, I'm like 5'10", five, 5'11", five, at best. Uh, like, <laughs> like I am not, not going to look like that. Yep. But I'm talking, he's just a monster. Like, he's just like yep. shoulders, traps, and just thick, like thick trunk. Yep. Just a big guy. And I was like, oh, that's a fucking dude. The thing of like looking aesthetic with a thin waist versus the guy that looks like he wrestles bears. Yeah, and this guy and looks like he, he wrestles looks, three bears at a time. <laughs> he looks like he's the bear. Yeah, he's the bear that you wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think it was the era where it got more technical. Yeah. So it was a bit more standardized. Yeah. But they weren't so technical that like those guys were just brutally strong. Yeah. Like they probably should have lifted more if they had the technique that some of the guys now do. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like. A lot has changed in the sport just in terms of, yep. like, understanding, coaching, probably refined the yeah. sport aspect of the game a little bit It was bit an error of everyone breaking. Yeah, and just really hard sending though it. Too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's just like, I mean, Derek Poundstone is training and the volume and, like, the intensity was yep. wild. Um, I think if it was, I was going to go through, I reckon bodybuilding, I would agree, pumping iron. And then this is the other thing is, like, is it – your generation, I not not my generation, but like, is it your time span that you think is the best always? Like, do you have yeah? Do you have bias there as well? Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing because, like, I think, and of course, this isn't my generation, but we kind of grew up on the pumping iron generation for bodybuilding as well because it's a gold now. Yeah, that's what we always look back to and refer to. Um, and I grew up on bodybuilding books because I loved bodybuilding when I was first starting. And like the Mike Mensers and the Dorian Yates or that next yep. one. But I wouldn't call that a golden era. The only other time that I would say is a golden era. And I kind of look at popular culture when I think of golden era in terms of what do our memes come from? Right? Like if you like like what do all the references come from? Because we have a we have this reference point of the golden era, Arnold Franco, that yep. gold's gym, Mecca, uh, Muscle Beach sort of era. And then I think uh, Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, Kai Green, that like, yeah, that earlier, like bigger, like different style of body for sure, in terms of like gold, golden era, yep. depends on what you're talking about. But I think about like those guys, like 
that era where bodybuilding again kind of blew up and they got like a lot of attention because you had these big personalities and the Ronnie Coleman's with his like shouting and all these like slogans and stuff like that. And then Jay Cutler coming along and like Kai Green with his red hoodie on and on the Stairmaster being a fucking weirdo on the bus, you know, like I look at that as like another secondary golden era. Yeah. That's where they weren't friends and everybody was like, in their Bums. own country. Yeah, in their own very pockets. different. Yeah, very different. Like Dorian Yates had come over from the UK. Yeah. And would show no training videos. Yeah. He'd be down in a dungeon. Yeah. Um, and he'd wear like a full tracksuit. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Until he was basically pumped up for prejudging. And then he'd take that off and everyone would just be like, oh, how's he got slabs God on damn slab it. of muscle? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was different. It was like mind games, me versus you. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I like that era too. Um, but obviously I think that you look at the golden era. Yeah. I think pumping iron. Yeah. Honorable mention to those boys. To those boys. It'll be something in every generation. We'll watch that and go, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. where... I still think that, like, because we still refer a lot back to the that other era, I think it'll still last a while, but I don't think it'll be, it'll ever be the Arnold era. Yeah. Right? Um, powerlifting, tend to agree. Um, I'm going to say the West Side era was yeah. the golden era of, like, equipped powerlifting. I don't probably know enough about power. Yeah. There was like an era with like Dan Green and a few of <laughs> those guys. And then the second one, and this is why I think like it's also lifting. potential bias, but if you look at equipped lifting and then you look at raw lifting, yeah. Brandon Lilly, Dan Green, yeah. like KK, all those fucking boys. There's like a couple iconic photos of those guys all kind of together. Yeah. Um, but like that era was the one that dictated 5-3-1, which yeah. everyone fucking used. Right, that was the era where we started, uh, or I started programming, and I started being a coach and like um, owning a strength gym. And there weren't a bunch of different templates that you could buy. There yep. weren't uh, different coaches and online coaches and free eBooks to get an idea of how something works. There was s- filtering through forums and downloading other people's templates that they post on forums. And then there was eBooks, yep. and there was like five. There's Texas Method. There's five, three, one. It's like mad cow and like starting strength. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a juggernaut strength, like his original like templates and stuff like that. There weren't that many. Like yeah. there weren't that many programs and like actual resources out there, people doing it like they do today. And uh, Brandon Lilly was like, uh, in the time that you read this st- uh, sentence, I already ate a steak and three eggs or something like that. Like he was like, yeah. you have to fucking eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was that. And he came from like a West Side background as well, I think. But it was that mentality and it was that like raw lifting intensity, big guys and like big jacked raw powerlifting guys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like really big guys. And that was also like probably the secondary like for raw lifting. I look at that as kind of like if I'm thinking of it, that's my golden era for powerlifting. It's funny how when everything's like a bit more raw, grungy, a bit rougher. Yeah. You love it. It's like a band. Yeah. When they start out a bit like raw in the garage, yeah, 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 like you yeah. love it. And then they clean everything up along yeah. the way and like really streamline yeah. it. <laughs> and you're like, mm, and you're like, oh, it's just album's too polished. Good. Yeah, too polished. It's like powerlifting's become <laughs> too, too polished. Now. Yeah, potentially. Compared to what it was. Depends what you like. The only thing that's sort of like that is WRPF, but it's not big enough here where <laughs> no. they've got fireworks, yeah, like yeah, fire yeah, going yeah, off yeah. and it's like 
loud music playing, drink yep. whiskey. Yeah, it's very um, it's very clean. It's becoming very clean cut in certain federations, and it's not a bad thing. It's more accessible, but yeah, because it means that you got people that wouldn't have done powerlifting back then doing powerlifting, and it's like powerlifting for everyone. Yeah, um, which is fun. <laughs> It is for everyone. <laughs> but every gym can't be for everyone too. Yeah, no. I think that's the problem. Not 100%. everyone can walk into Slaughterhouse and go, I do powerlifting, this is fun. Yeah. 100%. Or walk in and go, I feel like I'm going to get Yeah, eaten alive. Like yeah. are these guys powerlifters or cannibals? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I miss this. Um, <laughs> CrossFit, I totally agree. Rich Fonning. Yeah. Uh, Rich Fonning era, can't deny that. Um, some savage girls, some savage boys in that era. Yeah. Um, and then Strongman. Yeah. Golden era, like I fucking love the old fucking time. It's yep. super fun. Like Kaz, John Paul, like the rivalries and the all that OG. sort of stuff. Yep. The OGs. I really love those eras, but I think when you look at uh, Shaw, Big Z era, that's probably the golden era for strongman in terms of like strength, size, rivalries. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like long rivalries where Big Z's winning over and over again, then Brian Shaw's winning over and over again, they're fighting. And they've got long careers. Yeah, I think there was like eight years where no one else but those two yes. won. And then, but the other guys are still great. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they're still really, really Bodybuilding good. was the same too. Yeah. Like there was two people that took yeah. out like a decade and it was like, you could be the best ever. Yeah. In any other decade, but unfortunately you were born and now. And I think of those other, yeah, 100%. And you're the best person that's yeah. never won. Like Derek Poundstone's yeah. one of the people where everyone's like, he's one of the best strong men that never won yeah. worlds. Yeah, 100%. So I, I like that era too. Yeah. I like that era just from the, per, the, also the personalities. Do you know what I mean? Personalities, there's less social, uh, social media. Social media. Social media yeah. around them. But like those personalities were big personalities, big people. Yeah. Like even though how's you, that you didn't have social media, but you knew their personalities. Yeah, still hundred percent. Yeah, through comps. Uh, yep, probably more invested. Yeah, I don't know because and random YouTube videos probably less to on a follow. Potato. Yeah, less to follow back then too. Yep. You know, um, it was world's strongest man. This is it. Yeah, you know, you had uh, X amount of guys to follow versus following every one of your favorite lifters from around the country who aren't world's strongest man, who are world's strongest man, and whatever else. So. Yeah, I think you get those golden eras and then the sport just gets too far gone. Yeah. And you might not get them again. Uh, or you might. Have you, know you watched I mean? many like rock climbing documentaries? Yes, lots. Yeah. I watched The Alpinist. Oh, yeah. Which is like a newish one. It was yeah, like a free solo guy. Really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, found it really interesting back in like Yosemite, back in like the 70s. And they're all bums. Yeah. And they'd all camp yeah, yeah, and they'd yeah. all get stoned. Have and you then seen um, go Valley, rock climb. Up, Valley Uprising or something like that? I can't remember what it's called. So I've seen most of them. Yeah. But just the different pockets of like similar thing of golden era. Yeah. There was two guys that pioneered so many mountains. Yes. And then there was a second era of people that did speed runs yeah. on what they pioneered. Yeah. And, and then free solo. And, and then you've got like the Alex Honnold's generation now who are doing yep. like three of them in one day kind of thing. Yeah. So the Alpinist has got him on there yeah. talking about the main guy that they're doing it for. Yeah. And even he's just like, yeah, no, he's fucked. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. He went and did this that took me this long. When you watch the evolution of it. Yeah. Um, but there was a long time before they kicked him out from like bumming it at Yosemite. Yeah. Where they were like just moving there. Same thing. The best climbers, the people who wanted to do it, yeah. moved to a spot where everyone and all the best were in one spot. 
and then they would all get better and yep. better and better than the next generation come through would see that and then one up it again and one up yep. again and keep pushing the boundaries. Um, but God. bring back pilgrimages. Yeah. <laughs> you would just travel somewhere for a sport. Yeah. I mean, we sort of, uh, we start to get it here a little bit. Yeah. Like we start to get people saying, I get a lot of people ask, like, what's Geelong like? We're thinking about moving or like, you know, we've been considering moving for a while and like a gym is a big factor and like we're thinking yep. about moving to Geelong and stuff. A handful or like a very few handful have actually like done it, but there are people yep. who have done it. But it is cool when someone like moves down or like someone comes closer or like stays because of the gym. And yeah. that's why we have such a competitive group in here at the moment. Which is I mean? weird because you move, you don't move for the competition. You move. You move for like the community. Yes. You move for like the atmosphere. You move for yeah. the group. You move for the group because you rise with the tide. Yeah. Right? When you come in but here. then you're more competitive. You're not yeah. moving to compete better. Yeah. I don't think there's many other gyms in Australia that have more competitive strong men or women at it actually competing actively competing and competing yeah. at a reasonable level do you know what i mean like you go to comps and there's people from a whole bunch of different gyms or there's like a bit of a crew from a gym or whatever it might be um, or like a coaching group for sure like obviously we've got a big coaching group and team yep. but we've got a lot of people in this gym every single day abusing stones abusing sandbags like i don't think yep. anyone else's gym gets the most strong man usage out of the equipment or you could probably just ask mason who breaks the most stuff <laughs> it's probably by example we had a run of those axles oh, you just kept bend. bending and sandbags smashing the, the welding. sandbags pop all the fucking yeah time? i don't know stone platforms that are meant to last forever <laughs> but they get thrashed forever. yeah everything gets thrashed yeah everything gets thrashed so and we should have hopefully a chunk of people going overseas yeah we will yeah i think so like five or six yeah going overseas just from our gym yeah, that's like the Australian team, um, which is cool. Part of, yeah, mm. part massive. Anyway, no, to toot our own horn. Um, Strongman Australia Golden Era, which is what all this was leading into. Yeah, far away, oh. hurt some people. <laughs> hurt some people. Well, see, I wasn't around for the original yeah. so-called Golden Era. Yeah, well, I, can't, I. I can't call it a Golden Era if twenty people end. do it. Yeah, I think it's interesting to call something a golden era when there's only one or two maybe weight classes. Yeah. Or a handful of friends. 20 people, handful of people that are kind of friends. I think it's a great time to start it, but I think yeah. it's it's the lead up to the big blowout. Yeah. It's like saying it's like the bodybuilding had a golden era back yeah, in the yeah, 60s. Yeah. yeah. It's like maybe it did, but it, that had to lead to pumping iron to blow up. I think up. when you look at the standards too... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where was the highest or peak standards with the most people and the most competition, like actual competition? Yeah. Well, that would be that whole Arnold's era. Everybody just wanted to go to an expo. Yeah. And that was, that was just the one comp. I think Arnold's changed the game for strongman in Australia. This well, is... Worldwide, really. Yeah, 100%. If that was yeah, you're, you're true. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd just totally have your right. USS Nationals yeah. and those two federations. Yeah. You'd have SCL in Europe. Because when we be did... Be more fractured. When we did SCL Worlds... That was, I think, the first year OSG started? I think so, because we were tossing up, and at that point, SCL still had greater esteem than OSG. It was the only thing. It was the only thing. It was thing. the only thing that was SCL a SCL world, Worlds world. was the Worlds. Yeah. So then when Arnold's came in, which was before then, but that created Ohio, which was kind of like another big thing everyone here was like, mm -hmm. oh, let's go to Ohio. It's either yeah. that, SCL, yeah. That's it. or nothing. Yeah. 
that was a. I don't even think Ultimate had nah. weight class stuff then. Nah, no, no weight class um, stuff. But then it gave everyone the opportunity to do Arnold South Africa. Yeah. Or Arnold Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you go Arnold on. Spain. Yeah. You qualified from here and went, I can do a comp in Africa. Yeah. Or I can do a comp like in Europe. That's never happened. Uh, yeah, other international opportunities. Yeah, so we had a lot of people go overseas. I think. To do those. And the weights were still heavier than now. Heavy, yeah. I think as well, when you look at like golden era for strongman in Australia, it was the thing that gave our athletes, our heavyweight athletes, a real opportunity at being pros yep. and putting up against the best guys. Before that, you're like, you had a few of Australia's best guys go over to World's Strongest Man, yep. which is really, really cool. And the cool thing is now, like we had, you know, we talk about golden eras and we had some great guys go over to AS, uh, World's Strongest Man, Warwick Brandt, um, uh, Jake Boyer and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so yeah. Eben as well. Eben, yeah. So you can't discount that era because there were some great guys that came out of it and obviously World's Strongest Man was a different point. Now, we did have a dip where we didn't, weren't sending anyone over and now yep. we've also got like three people from Australia representing. Yeah. Like uh, or three or four people going over to World's Strongest Man or big arena shows that sort of originated from Australia and New Zealand, which is sick. Yeah. That's a big plus, right? Yeah. That if there was happening. a golden era of us being competitive internationally yeah it would now. be now yeah i agree but in terms of how competitive everyone is within the country yeah i would say it'd be pre-covid yeah i agree and i think also so you got the, the big things huge shows huge exposure yep massive classes of full weight class athletes right well the Not thing everyone forgets is the 73s for the women yeah didn't exist no 2020 was meant to be the first year at Arnold's. 82, 63s? 62, 62s? Originally it was 63 and then it went to 65 in the second year yeah. and then it went back. It was trying to line up with America, America, which is yeah. like 63.5, yeah. which is 160 pounds. I don't know. Something I don't know like what pounds that. are. Um, so there wasn't 73s. No. There wasn't 73s at OSG no, no, no. at the start either. No. So you either made 63 or 64 or you did... 82s. Yeah, which is really hard. It's a really big jump, but fuck, the girls' classes were fire. Well, imagine that now. Yeah. Take out 73s and see where everybody falls and how yeah. competitive it is. That'd be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. That would be like, someone would come eighth and you're like, you could have won. Yeah. That's how yeah, deep it, it is. It would be so fierce. Yeah. Um, but you've got the heavyweight guys have actually getting opportunity to do pro shows and getting in the mix with like some of the best guys. Yeah. You've got big heavyweight classes or full classes and then you've got all weight classes and you also have internationals in the weight classes coming over yeah, to Australia. Yeah, you had a lot of New Zealand's come over. Uh, Internet, like we have Johnny Manson South Africans coming over. We had like you, you people yeah, from Johnny UK from come. Scotland. Yes. And then, yeah, we had a few South Africans, Terrence and those guys yep. for the 90s. Heaps, heaps um, of South Africans. There was a crew like three or four. The OG Arnold's freaky page. Yeah, Freaky yeah, Page. Freaky, Freaky Page. Yeah, from South yep. Africa. Yeah, who was really, really good. Then you've also got like Geary, who used to come, yep. came like twice and stuff like that as well. Um, back when Coco was 105 as well. Yep. Um, so there was super, super competitive. Yeah. Um, in all weight classes. Do you know what I mean? The depth was just probably unlike. It wasn't 13 or 12 people. It was like 16 or 20 people in a class rocking up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like the top eight or top five was super, super competitive. And you're right. The weights were probably the last couple of years of the Arnolds were heavier than what they still are now. Yeah. For competitions. 
Well, that's what I was saying before about like the overhead medley. Yeah. Which was like a barbell. For the 2020. For the, yeah, yeah, for the, the 2020 that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Barbell, yoke press, log, dumbbell. Yeah. For the 105s, it was 130 across the board and an 85 dumbbell. Yeah. That for now, and the 105s are really competitive. They're yep. probably the most competitive class. Mm-hmm. That would still mess up a lot of people and it's still heavier than any 105 yeah. comp. 160 farmers, 20 meters. Yeah, no drops. Um, no drops. Yeah. 300 One. axle, deadlift, yep. conventional. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. Like no suit. Yeah. No figure eights. No. Yep. Not in Arnold's. For reps. Yeah. Heavy. Very heavy. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Max Stone. I don't remember what else it was. Max Stone. Oh, that yoke chariot thing that oh the yoke chariot thing that's like a weird one yeah um hard to say but i mean the year before i think it was like a 360 to a 380 yoke you had to run or like 350 yoke Yoke up frame oh yeah was it 380 or 350 or 360 yoke i think i did 340 350 for the 90s yeah i can't remember and then it was a 280 frame so 140 a hand essentially yeah so it was like a three let's say 360 yoke yeah can't remember grab the frame up back with 140 a hand and then back under that yoke. Yeah. So it wasn't like a 400 kilo yoke, 10, 10. It was like work. Yeah. Right. A lot of drops. And the year up, the year before Even that. Even the Viking was, was 130. Pardon? 130 for the Viking. Yeah. For yeah, reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 130 for and reps. And then you look at middleweights and look at who hit. Yeah. And it was like Dif- 11, different 11 reps or something like that was yep. like up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like quite a lot. Stone series. Mine went up, up to, to 170. 190. So yeah, That's yours went Heavy. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the weights were probably still heavier than what we're at now. Um, yep. But the classes dictate where the weights are. Yeah. It was just like uh, probably more competitive at the top end back then than it is now. Just like yeah. the top competitive group was probably a little bit more a little bit stronger on the peak strength side of things. And we had internationals coming over that were quite strong. Yeah, um, and I think it was based on other Arnold's, Ohio and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was meant to be lighter, but yep. not too light. Yeah, but the Arnold's was always designed to be heavy, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was my, they were my favourite comps. Not just because the expo, because it was work. Yeah. Like, you knew that you had to train for them. Do you have an idea what your hardest comp would be? Um, of all comps. <sighs> There's a lot of comps. I had a quick look before. Oh. Uh, like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me scroll through all the competitions. Yeah. Um, I think uh, two – it's really hard to say. I would say um, the Arnold's that I came back from Ohio. So I did Ohio and then I did an Arnold's. And Yuri beat me at the Arnold's and then I beat him at the Arnold's Australia. 2017. Yeah, something like that. Not the... It's so hard. I think it was like a 380 yoke up and back or something like that. Or like a... one the light yoke into a heavy It yoke. was like 340 yoke into a 380 yoke or something or 350 yeah. yoke. It was like two yokes, right? One up, one back. Um, the stone run was only to 180. The log press was like a ladder, like 130, 140. You could pick where you went yep. into and you could make risk it for the biscuit kind of deal. Um. That was probably hard because I got back from Ohio and got laid out really sick and I was taking cold and flu and coughing up everywhere between yep. events. I tore my fucking hand on the frame. The frame was like 300 or something like that, like quite heavy. Yep. Um, and then we had like that deadlift where it was like 280. It was a deadlift mentally and it was 280 for reps at the yeah. end. Like 280 for reps. One bar, two bar. Now do 280 for as many reps as you can. Yeah, it in, was like axle, frame. Frame. Yeah. Then something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
or frame axle barbell. Yeah. Um, and then it was like rep out on the barbell. So it was pretty heavy. Um, but I just, I think it was like one of the hardest comps because it was, I was fucking dying the whole time. Um, and just wanted to win. And really wanted to win. And I was down, at, like with three events to go, I was down behind Yuri. So I yep. had to like push it. Uh, but probably not the hardest like weight wise. Yep. But then like Czech Republic, Litovel comps, always really fucking heavy. It's a 450 yoke. Um, it was, they fucked up the, the deadlift. So it ended up being like a, 320 power bar deadlift and then it was supposed to be like a 360 elephant bar deadlift but they loaded it to 393 yeah so only yuri <laughs> luke davies and i got it yep. <laughs> everyone and then it was like a car deadlift um the viking press was 140 um there was a overhead medley that had like an 85 dumbbell 130 log and stuff in it like their overhead medleys over there are fucked. yeah <laughs> just really heavy and a yeah. lot you know um but then there was a stone throw, which was fun. Um, maybe like some of the ASMs being my first two-day comps as well, being heavy yep. and, a, and a lightweight were quite heavy, like 450 yokes and all that sort of stuff yep. in the midst of being a lighter guy and two-day comps, which like at that point I probably wasn't overly used to. Yep. Um, but really hard to say. There's some, been some heavy fucking comps. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's the hardest comp that you've done? Hardest weight-wise... Would be ASM. Yeah. But uh, also the uh, easiest in terms of like, I have no expectation. Yeah. No one yeah. expects me to do well. No, I know. So you, I'm I know. Just that's here what I to mean. have fun. Yeah. That's but hard. in terms of weights, everything was like close to a max. Yeah. Or I hadn't touched Busting it before. Busting balls to get there. Yeah. For two days and eight events. Yeah. So ridiculously heavy, but like absolutely no pressure. Yeah. At all. I tend to agree. I, I think the same thing. It's like, they're the, he they're the heaviest comps. Yeah. Maybe not the hardest comps, but you look, have, looking don't at have what I pressure. could do now, I'm like, which is you do that at every comp, right? Yeah. You look back and you're like, I wish I was this strong now mm. when I did that comp. Yeah. Because I would have smashed it. Yeah. I would have done really well. Do you know what was really, um, do you know what was surprisingly hard? Also because they fucked up the weights, but um, compound conception, that first one we did, of compound carnage or whatever it is, the first yeah. one, the 450 yoke into a 240 duck walk. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like that yeah. was like the start of the comp. Then it was like a log ladder with 130 for reps on the end. Yep. Um, that was a pretty heavy comp. Sandbag for reps. That's a hard comp. Yeah, the uh, sandbags at the end were like yeah. rough. Yeah, doing it in an open. Farmers with like fat grip. With farmers fat, on 130 them. with fat grips. Yep. Um, up and back. That was a pretty heavy comp. I had fun. That was super that fun. Didn't and and silver dollar deadlift. It didn't feel hard. No, yeah. I don't think it felt hard, but I felt like it was stronger then. Um, <laughs> Whereas the ASM thing, like, even now, like, I looked at it yesterday mm. and I was like, I'm stronger now. I wonder if I could try and qualify for ASM. I'm like, you did it. <laughs> I Maybe can, I could try. If I can do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I did. Um, <laughs> and then I've looked at qualifiers because I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. to qualify for 90s. Yeah. Um, and then I was flicking through comps and stuff and I was looking at, like, South Australia and I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, 90s weights are easy. And I'm like, oh, what are the open weights? They're kind of the same as what I'm doing for chaos. Yeah. It's like a 290 barbell deadlift. For yeah, reps. yeah. Um, it's a max log. Yeah. So it's just a max log. Farmers are 135. Um, squat goes up to 260. And I'm like... We're going to do ASM together. I'm like, boys. there's like eight people doing it. Yeah. Like in the opens. Yeah. That's quite a lot. I, I looked at the list and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people that I'd have to beat for that. And I'm like, I don't know who half of them are because I don't follow that many yeah, opens like yeah. generally around. So, who knows? It'll be on the fly. <laughs> that would, that like, would be fun. 
I'll come back and just be like, I'll try opens. You watch, I'll do that, not qualify, and then be like, great, I have to do another comp for 90s. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got to cut weight for 90s. <laughs> I have to tuck my tail and find a 90s yeah. comp to qualify for. So, but always sitting there going, maybe I could. Mm, I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. Could do the weights. I don't know where that's going to stack up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to win, but I could do it. You're only going to come second. It's a hard right? thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean like ASM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's always that. It's a really hard thing. I find it really hard when I do open weight comms. And this is, you know, like people go up a weight class and they fucking care. But I, this is the wrong thing to say. But I really care about 105 comps. Yep. Because that's what I truly believe is my weight class. Because that's what I am internationally. Yeah. So when you do a, a heavyweight comp, it's really hard to care the same because you're not attached to it. Some people like, go better though. Because I don't care less. Because oh, I, I care don't. too much. I need to care. Yeah. I need to give a lot of fucks. Care versus stress. Yeah. Two yeah, different yeah. things. Yeah. Some people really stress because yeah, they're so attached to the stuff. outcome. Yeah. And then if they go up a weight class, they're like, well, if I lose everyone, like I'm light. Yeah. They relax. And a if I bit. beat you, it's like shame on you. Yeah. So it's just a fun win-win. day. Win-win, yeah. I did ASM and I'm standing next yeah. to Eddie just like. It's like how we talk about with the You nat- want to warm up? We talk about how the natty card. It's like, well, if I don't win, you're not natty. So like really I was the top contender that like is natural. And then if you the- do win, you're like, ha, oh, I beat you and I'm natty. <laughs> it's a like win-win. Yep. If you lose, you still fucking play the card. If you win, you still get to play the card. <laughs> yeah, but claiming natty is like, Claiming that you were sick or claiming yeah. that you had a bad prep. You can't prove it. You, can't. you can stand next you to everyone else in it. your weight class. And at the end of the day, when you stand on the podium, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. You can prove, if you stand next to everybody in your weight class, you can prove that you're 20 kilos lighter than everyone. Yeah. You don't even have to say it. Yeah. You just turn up as opens and everyone's yeah. like, what are you what doing? What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. Oh, you can't do that if someone's natural. True. Someone turns up and doesn't look like they train and you're like, oh, God. Good right. on you for being they natural. They stand on the podium with their blood work. <laughs> Worst thing is they might look natural, but they might not be. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Which is even worse. Just taking a dig. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's so many people that don't look natural that are. Yeah, oh, totally, bro. Yeah, 100%. So, um, I think it's fun. Like, yeah, I think, I think a fun. lot of people should, not even from a competitive standpoint, but just be like, I'll just jump in for fun. Yeah, fuck them. Go after them. Go up a weight class. Yeah, I think it's fun. I have fun doing it. Like, at the I a- all the ASMs I've Australia, done, I've had a great fun. Yeah. If I went and did that at South Australia, standing next to guys that are like way bigger than me, yeah. I'd just, it'd just be funny. Yeah, I think it's just funny. I think it's fun. Like, I'm with you guys. Yeah, I, I yeah, need yeah. a triple XL too, you yeah. know? <laughs> what size do you want, Lee? Triple XL, I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Come out of the dress. <laughs> yeah. You see everyone's list and shirt sizes yeah. next to it, and it's all triple XL, yeah. and then there's like a medium, medium. in there. <laughs> it's like, are you lost? Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. So I did that, like, when I did round one for 105s. Yeah. I would love to win. Yeah. I always want to win everything that I try. Sure. But it was also just a fun day because it's fun. it was like, it yeah. doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I'm not that attached. Yeah. I'm like, if I come, I came third. Yeah. The only thing that annoyed me was I should have been able to shoulder the stone that I didn't shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I did it in training. Performance based. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have put me into second over yeah. Charl. Yeah. So I don't care that I came third. Yeah. Or that he beat me. I care that I missed the stone. I care that I missed the stone. Yeah, it's always performance-based, right? It's yeah. always outcome-based. When you don't do what you think you should have done, you're always going to be disappointed or yeah. annoyed. Um, but you don't care about the actual outcome or you have less attachment to the outcome in a weight class above yours. Yeah. Mm, I agree. 
um, which is which makes it fun. Yeah, whereas like probably the hardest comp competition wise was probably Finland. Yeah, because it was sure. outside and it was yeah. like eight degrees. Yeah, and they didn't let us warm up. And most people didn't speak English, <laughs> and the other competitors were all from different countries. Yeah, so no if, one wanna, really if you want to talk about that, yeah, that's that's so a like, different hard. I, I was talking thinking like, like hard, like weight wise, but if you're talking about competing overseas, just stress wise and like hardest comp, and that was a two day comp as well. Yeah, that was just very hard to like manage stress and manage two days arousal. If you finals, yeah, yeah, to sit and relax, and you're like, they might call me up, but they're not actually like here. If you do an AS comp, and there's like the crew. Yeah. Alex will come around and be like, okay, you've got to get warmed up and like, yeah. she'll baby you through everything. She'll look after you. Yeah. Which is an amazing job. Yeah. But you don't get that. Yeah. It's like overseas. Battle of the Bay when they're like, do we get to warm up on the, um, on the big finger or the finger finger? I was like, no, do, no. <laughs> yeah, someone there. came out. Can I get a feel? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no one else is going to get a feel. I can't do it for everyone else. Yep. Try picking up a 140 farmer's handle for a 40 meter run without touching the far- the farmers and you pick them up and they, collapse him because they're that weird yep. fucking farmers and you're like oh fuck i'm gonna run 40 meters with this shit yeah <laughs> so yeah like here you get you know you, you should probably nice warm, warm up, up. You yeah yeah i know whereas over there it was like can i just feel those farmers because yeah. they look weird no 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 warm up how much do they weigh empty 120 per hand okay can i pick it up no no <laughs> And they're big jacked judges. Yeah, I know. So you don't big, they are big jacked judges over there. So, yeah, yeah, like if you missed your warm-up and they're like, okay, they wouldn't even say that you're up next. So it wouldn't even be a case of like, all right, we've got Tyson up and then following we've got these two There was people. no one backstage telling you. It's like, <laughs> they Tyson! Fuck, <laughs> all right. They would just call out your name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would call out your name wrong. Tynan... <laughs> Maury, yeah. like, where is he? No, he's going to zero. Time is going to start. Time. And you're like, oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> like, there was no, like, let's get the 105s nah, in. Nah, let's yeah, get the 90s yeah. in. Less, less clean, for yeah. sure. Um, they do a better job now, I think, as well. Slightly. You learn by fire. Like, it's yeah. trial by fire. Yeah, 100%. You go there and everybody else is just making it work without yep. being told what to do. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm an adult. I'm a yep. big boy. Yeah, everyone's an adult. This is the There's thing a that There's a world title that comes with this. I you're you're all adults. You yeah. should know what you're doing by the time you're at that like level. Even if you're not at that level, if you rock up to any comp or any national comp or any like qualifying comp, mm. There's probably a likelihood that you don't need babying or you shouldn't need babying. And if you do need babying, you need to reassess like how well you know what's going on in a day. You're not going to turn up to your job every day and just stand there and wait for someone to tell Direct you what to you, do. You know what I mean? Like you got to take some yeah. ownership over the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway. Um, speaking of overseas comps, we've got a lot of people doing overseas comps, which, you know, <laughs> speaking of golden era, it's in the golden era period of Strongman. We also saw the golden era of GoFundMe for Strongman competitions. Oh, <laughs> like I'm glad most people missed that. Yeah, that was a there bit was of a an interest, and there was everyone. Yeah, and there was kind of a little bit of contention online about this. Like, you know, like if people want to give money to them, they can give money to them to help them out. And then people being like, you shouldn't fucking ask for GoFundMe pages for a hobby sport that you're getting nothing out of. It's a selfish fucking thing to do. Uh, the sport is a selfish sport, especially too. if you're going to a comp overseas that's not even a world. It's title not a title. Comp. It's not a world title. It's just, it's just, just a comp. comp. Yeah, it's just an overseas yeah. comp that you're taking a holiday onto on the end. Um, so, what we wanted to talk about is instead of doing a GoFundMe because 
if you can't tell, Lee and I aren't proponents of someone putting up a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter so you can go play strongman overseas for not even a title. If you're a famous Instagram person and you have a following and you have followers that want to help pay to get you somewhere, yeah, fair, that's fine. Sure. But if it's just going to be family and friends and your following is family and friends basically and a few people in the sport yep. who are also trying to raise money yep. to get there, it's probably a shit thing to do. And it like guilts people. Like I've had people ask me like, are they going to help donate for them to go overseas? And I'm like, I'm trying to go to the same comp. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to give you 50 bucks and then I'll ask you for 50 bucks yeah. to help me How's get to the same going? comp? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that does not work. We're all trying to get over there. Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you pulling money from us? 100%. Wrong people. Six months later, you're just going to want to pull it back. Yes. There are a lot of ways to get aid or to help. First and foremost is sponsorship. If you're a good athlete, if you're going to Worlds, yep. if you're going to a high-level competition, that promoters or sponsors may be interested in helping you get overseas too. The first thing is if you are actually at that level, mm. you could be looking at sponsorship. Now, if you foresee that you want to go overseas for comps, if you foresee that you're becoming or getting to the level that one, you could benefit another company by representing them, one, and two, that you may be going overseas for a competition, start looking at how you're perceived online. Yeah. Are you putting out reasonable content? Are you creating relationships online? Are you looking like you would be a good ambassador for the sport, for yourself and for another business online? If you're not doing those things, you're not going to be getting sponsorships. Yeah. It's really that simple. Just trying to be a good person. <sighs> yeah, and, and also be good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like two, one, two things. You actually have to be representing yourself in a way that is conducive to other businesses want, be wanting to be associated with you. You have to be, you have to look like you are someone that another business wants to associate with. Yeah. Someone that they want to represent their brand. If you're being a fuckhead online or you're being something that like, you can, you can be polarizing on social media. That's absolutely fine. But understand that if you're polarizing in social media or whatever it is that you're doing, understand that some brands or some people will not want to be associated with the brand or image that you are putting out. Some yeah, may love it. You can still be opinionated yes. and not be shit about it. Yes. You can still be professional about yeah. it. 100%. Which a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, towing the line, yeah. I guess. Um, but sponsorship, like that doesn't mean everybody message Carl for Cerberus. Cause no, because... Carl's not going to throw cash at you. No. I wish you'd throw a dollar at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it just doesn't work that way. No, like, no, no, no. Equipment 100%. helps save money Things on that might buying save equipment. Money. But yeah, then yeah. also sponsorship doesn't just mean equipment or anything like that. It's like it could be sponsorship from your gym. Yes. It could be sponsorship yep. from... I've seen guys do it with local butchers. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure yeah. Coco did it with the local butchers at the yep. Gold Coast. Things that save you money on a week-to-week -week basis. Might save 50 bucks a week. Who knows how much, but might save 50 bucks a week on steak. Yeah. And a lot of people eat a lot of steak in this sport and a lot of meat or just whatever you spend money on. Yeah. Supplements. Totally agree. doesn't have to mean that you get sponsored by Gymshark. Do you know how I got my explosive custom macro um, sponsorship? Just this is... No. By eating the meals? By eating the meals. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I've been sponsored by Explosive Custom Macros. Rob, thank you very much. For the last like two or three years, right? Yeah. Which means it drastically impacts 
my grocery bills. I eat a yep. lot of fucking food. It reach it each like targets my macros, fits perfectly to what I'm trying to do or trying to achieve. And it means it makes a huge difference, especially now we have a family, like our grocery bills, right? And so prep time, time. Yeah. time. Like our Sunday isn't me prepping meals and two times a week so I can work more and blah, blah, blah. So that's a huge impact. I got that sponsorship because I went to a powerlifting meet and someone was heating up an explosive custom macro meals in the microwave. And I said, bro, that looks really good. Where did you get that from? And he's like, oh, it's a guy who trains out of PTC South Melbourne. He does it for some of the members and stuff like that. So I slid into his DMs, not asking for a sponsorship, yep. asking, hey, mate, do you deliver to Geelong? And he was like, no, nah, but we've been looking to. And I was like, sweet. Uh, I might even get you in contact with my nutritionist, Frankie. Yep. Um, and then if we get enough people together, we can do a delivery to the gym each week. So we'll promote it at the gym and we'll do that so I can start ordering meals and get them delivered to the gym if that makes sense and start to get that rolling. Yep. And he was like, fuck, that's an awesome idea. Love it. Right, And then he gets in a lot of time with Frankie. Frankie starts organizing a deal with him and stuff like that where his clients will be using explosive custom macros. So he goes, so he sends me a message to be like, cool, got your meals and stuff like that. I'm like, great, send me an invoice. And he's like, nah, man. And I was yep. like, what? And he's like, nah, nah, nah. Like, this is great. Like, we've been looking to get into Geelong Market and stuff for ages. Um, really appreciate it. You have a gym, you've got a great profile. Um, we'll uh, we'll uh, create an agreement and stuff like that where you get X amount of meals per week. Fuck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, did, I was in it to pay for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like by trying to help out another business or creating value for other businesses. Yeah. If you can create value for other businesses, they will look after you too. It's about reciprocal value. Right? Yeah. It's creating benefit in a partnership. It's not like, hey, sponsor me because I'm sick. Yeah. And I create sick content. It's like, no, spot. Let's create an agreement. Let's make sure that this is mutually beneficial. Let's make sure yeah. we create a partnership where what I'm doing is benefiting your business and what you are doing is benefiting me. Yeah. And but you've got you. a bigger platform as well. Yes. But that's at the gym. But that's another thing to think so about. So then athletes could talk to their gym owner yep. about them having a bigger platform and introducing something. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of different avenues besides just looking at equipment. Yes. It's anything to save money. And like yeah. there was a few people... Might have even been like Shane German, one of his things talking yep. about fundraising for comps. And he yes. was like, a lot of little ones yep. where if some company's just like, yeah, sure, do a couple of shout outs for us and we'll give you 200 bucks. Yeah. He's like, a lot of little ones add up. Yes. So Correct. like, don't knock something back because yep. you're not getting, you know, 500 bucks a week and all this free crap. It takes work to build a platform. Yeah. And if it's you like think applying that, for jobs, if you think that you want to compete overseas, you will or should be looking at how do you increase your platform? Yeah. So you can increase your capacity to get help when you are looking at competing overseas. Yeah. Right. The second thing is, I mean, I started online coaching because of one thing. I saw that I wanted to go overseas and compete more. I saw that I wanted to be on the international circuit. Yeah. I did two international comps. My income was largely cash or personal training base where I had to be at the gym. And when we had, because we had the gym, I would have to pay for... Um, someone to do all my shifts while I was away. Because yep. we didn't have an income and didn't have cash flow on the gym. So it would come out of my pocket. So you were down $2,000 from being away for a week. Yep. Because you wouldn't make the money for the week. You wouldn't be taking PTs and you'd be paying someone else to do your work. Yeah. Or just, just man the gym. Right? Yep. And I was lucky because I had a couple of sponsors early um, that were like gym members and stuff like helping. But I would still come out so out of pocket because I wasn't working for the week. That'd be chasing my fucking tail for a month trying to get back on like rent and bills and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, 
So I started online coaching more. So I started working on my online coaching business so I could actually do some work. So I wasn't relying on personal training only so I could do some work while we're overseas. And that's exactly what we said to you when you started with the Strongman yeah. Way. It's like, yep, you can floor, but if you want to do comps and stuff like that, let's try to get make sure that you make rent and bills while you're gone. Take yep. 10, 15 clients. That way while you're away, you have some sort of consistent income that's actually consistent week to week. Yeah. Right? That's having foresight being like, no, I want this. I want this and I'm going to work towards doing everything else that it takes to make sure that I can do this more regularly. Yeah, setting it up and not going, oh, I qualified in eight weeks. Yeah. I have no money. Yeah. Can everyone give me money? Yeah. Go fund me, <laughs> dick. Go fund me, please. Um, and while equipment, food, all that sort of stuff helps, cash helps. Yeah. Money helps the most. Yeah. Buying stuff, buying flights and stuff is expensive. Um, so the best ways, there's, a, there's so many ways to do that by yeah. actually giving back. Not just by taking, but by creating something where you get to give back, right? Apparently flybys, all those things. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but... Um, I was more thinking no, it was like, like t-shirts and stuff. No, there was that, but... Um, no, it was like friends of ours and stuff that have been traveling a lot to like America and all these places. Um, rack up a heap of stuff off just day-to-day. Yeah, flybys. Flybys, random points, random savings. So yeah. if you're planning on flying a lot or traveling a lot... Utilize points... Use your yeah. cre- like use credit cards and pay it off and all that. Yeah, sort of stuff. try and be smart with it. Um, but then yeah, there's like t-shirts. There's in gym comps. Like mm-hmm. uh, we did that at Coco's when me, Ali, and Simon went overseas. Yep. Ran a fun comp. It was like a partner comp or you do a team comp. Something yep. that's different. Yeah, we had like full dress up. Like if you want to compete as a partner, like you guys have to dress up as something yeah, and have a great thing. Great idea. And then just have fun random events. And then everybody pays entry. Yeah, everyone gets food. And then whatever else is tallied out of that profit was like, okay, this yep. is to help you three go overseas. We did seminars. Yeah. We did seminars and we went up to um, uh, Beechworth and stuff like that, yep. which helped like Finland and stuff. Uh, comps are a great one or like little events or fundraising events. And I talked to Jim owners. Something about that's this somewhat well. tangible where like yeah. if you're, if you're kind of asking to help pay for a trip, you need to then give yes. something Don't back. just ask. Yeah. Create something that gives value to people and do something that actually... At minimum, a shirt. Yeah, like a shirt's a great idea. Like sponsor shirt and stuff like that is a great idea or creating a shirt that you can sell. Yep. Fantastic, right? But events and stuff like that or like um, organizing events where... Trivia nights. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Like fun... It's, there's a blueprint because people run fundraisers all the fucking time. People do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like have a look at how people are doing it. Create something where you can give back to friends, family, or your community, and they will reward you for creating something by helping you get overseas. Right? Yeah, and people will buy in so hard because they want it. They, they would probably give you money. Yeah, they would probably chip in for your GoFundMe. But how much nicer is it being able to give them a great night for it? Yeah, and like a little bit more work for sure. So it fucking should be. Um, but like a little bit more work so you can create something, and they'll buy into it because you made an effort too. Yeah. Because you've put work in yeah, on your end. a 100%. And the shirts is obviously like an easy one. Yes. Because we're in a sport where everyone loves a shirt. But it's very dangerous because like this is the shirt thing. Just FYI for athletes that are from our gym doing this. At the end of the year, you're going to have six people putting out fucking shirts to try and go out overseas. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like that makes it very hard. But like we uh, recently as a gym signed up to be uh, a club yeah. So we created a club so we can try and work for grants from the government to help our athletes go overseas. Yeah. Um, so as like a registered club, we can apply for grants and government incentives 
to help send athletes overseas or gain grants for other things in the gym and we can start to utilize that money or use or, or they can run fundraisers and comps to help some of our athletes get overseas yeah. um, so there's ways that your gyms could potentially help it will create a lot more work um, but you know we foresee that we're going to have a lot yeah. and we'd like to be able to help out where we can but like obviously we're a fucking gym as well um, and yeah but there's a lot of different things and yes. like worst case just do OnlyFans don't do GoFundMe <sighs> Give the people something back. Give put, the people put, put your feet out there. Heavyweight, strong men going to OSG. There is a market out there. Thomas Wren has paved the path for you. Find if you want to use the, yeah, if you want to use the blueprint, <laughs> talk about wrestling bears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you pay good money, you can yeah, wrestle yeah. a bear. <laughs> Just give back to the people. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you're trying. <laughs> at least you're doing something. Right? <laughs> it would increase your platform too. Oh, yeah. Probably sponsorship. No, I think a couple of bottles of baby oil and a yeah. bar pool can't fix if you're struggling to get to OSG. <laughs> sponsorship from Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> they do talc? Yeah, talc. Yeah, 100%. Baby oil. Oh, yes. There you go. There yeah. you go, boys. We got you covered. Plenty think outside things. the box. Yeah. Or inside the blow-up pool. We should have started with that. <laughs> should have. Yeah. <laughs> probably make the most money, to be honest. Honestly, if you want to get overseas and then they probably make it a full-time job, I reckon that's probably the best way to go if you're a heavyweight strongman. Yeah. Mm. We need to reevaluate this podcast because we don't get anything for this. And then you can have collaborations. <laughs> this is, this is for free. Collaborations between heavyweight yeah. strongmen. <laughs> Put them in a pool of jello. <laughs> Mud wrestling. Pataka collab with. <laughs> Pataka and Jordan. <laughs> That's a good way Mud to Mud wrestling. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll make, we'll create a mud ring yeah. out the front. Everyone just comment, like, share, like, <laughs> Attack versus Osborne. Mud wrestling, who wants to see it? Put bets on, sports bet. Yeah. This is getting out of hand. Let's talk business. It'll turn into podcast. a bigger sport than strongman. Honestly, man. that would be way bigger. If we did like strongman mud wrestling, I think yeah. we would get way more views and way more exposure. Yeah. Maybe there's a way we can do something like that, but not that. We could do it like as a tiebreaker event at a comp. Could just be a fundraising thing. <laughs> could be a fundraising thing. Josh would yeah, do that like too. To raise money for him to go over to OSG, 100%. he would wrestle in mud. Yes, he would. Anyone that's willing to pay. I would. You pay money and you get to wrestle him in mud. Like, you know, oh, like you get to wrestle Australia's strongest man in yep. mud. <laughs> but his hands, his hands are tied. <laughs> One leg's his tied. Yeah, <laughs> he's severely handicapped. He already is, isn't he? He's <laughs> got a bad knee. I don't know if it's that bad. I mean, he's got a bad knee at the moment. Yeah, he has to wrestle bad. on his knees. Yeah, fair. Or we could just like a pay-per-view where like he wrestles on his knees and we get a whole bunch of midgets. Blindfolded. Like five on one. Blindfolded. Blindfold, Blindfold him. <laughs> and if you want to pay extra money, it can be like five on one. Yeah. Five, yeah. How much money you got. Yeah. <laughs> God. This is going to make a lot of money. I think we're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> flying first class. He'll be flying business. Just be like, just, I feel so dirty. Just sitting here in his business class. With his dirty money. Yeah, with dirty money. <laughs> Paying for stuff with like mud-covered 50s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Strong Man State Podcast. On that note, have yep. a great fucking fortnight. And we'll see you here again uh, in two weeks' time.